Did we just lose Chad? Hey, welcome back to another exciting episode of Spellstorm Miniatures, a show about miniature war games, including War Machine and Hordes by Privateer Press. Our whole goal here is to inspire you to play more. My name is Jeremiah. I'm Dan. And this is Chad. And uh, we are excited to have a conversation tonight with you. So uh, one of the things that we've been doing, uh, probably before COVID struck and before our regular recording schedule got all messed up and all that jazz, uh, we had started doing faction reviews for the uh, uh, War Machine and Hordes game. And that's our primary game, and that's what we love. And, and then, you know, things got derailed with COVID and our scheduling and things like that but we're going to pick that up tonight and today we're going to review uh the minions faction together and i'm pretty excited about that so hooray uh, but before little piggy invaders i know it's gonna be good <laughs> uh before we get there though got a question for for you have you guys been playing any games lately uh specifically since the last time we recorded yeah i got two more brawl machine games in one to finish out our little fun kind of wraparound league that just, you know, sprung out of nowhere and got 11 people playing some games. Um, but uh, this one was into uh, Borka 2, and I think it was Krios 1, uh, mm-hmm. if I recall right. So first time playing him, I kind of spread out a little bit, um, and he top or bottom of one feeded on me. Um, and his feet, I didn't read. I should have read probably would have been a good idea to see what his models do. Um, one is, uh, usually very helpful. Yeah. That's, uh, that's kind of good. I mean, busy schedule, a lot of stuff going on. Just trying to get this squeezed in. And so he shrunk my, uh, my command range by a few inches there, um, or a couple inches. So I ended up getting, uh, my brawler was out of position um this was a different list and i've kind of been playing also Uh, i was kind of trying out something different with rock in there and i don't like it as much um but either way that didn't help me it was against like a menite archon um uh repenter i believe a spray dude a big um hand of vengeance i think or blessing of vengeance um so it, it was a little bit of a rough game. Um, I was attritioning all right. Had some bad dice rolls. Forgot that he had a spray that could reach me, so he killed my bear in one hit, um, unfortunately. Wow. Doing all the Manoth buff-up things. Um, so that was a real bummer. And then I kind of lost focus of scenario, trying to kill a jack, and just rolling really bad. <laughs> like it, was a, it was a rough game. And so, you know, when you kind of start going negative one way, you just kind of start losing focus. That totally yeah. happened. I I didn't contest very good. Um, and then I was like, oh, I got this. And I kind of forgot also that my caster doesn't contest um, scenario points. Whoops. So, you know, so when I had driven in, I, I, I was trying to play more aggressive. I was like, all right, let's see what Borka can handle. Like he was doing a lot of the heavy lifting. And I had him within four inches of my opponent's flag across the table. And I pass over and, you know, it's like, okay, so, you know, I'll score one and I'm contesting. So you score none. He's like, no, I score one here. I'm like, oh, that's right. And then so kind of from there, it was an easy to 
clear some stuff out and just, you know, come up on four CP on me on that one. So it was it was good. <laughs> Severius one is a very, very strong model. Um his spell list is good. His eye of menoth just giving plus one to to everything is very yes. strong. But his his feet for people who don't really know, um so his feet is called Divine Might. And while in Severius's control area, enemy models cannot cast spells or be used to channel spells. And enemy warcaster slash warlock models suffer minus two focus and fury. Divine might lasts for one round, which is incredibly backbreaking yes. to any warlock, especially those warlocks that are in the like <laughs> five or six fury range. It is very detrimental to them. And honestly, I didn't think about Severius when I was thinking about different warlocks that would be really strong in Brawl Machine or Warcasters in Brawl Machine. But Severius one definitely feels like one of those ones that is probably a little a little too strong for that low point value just because his IF Menoth helps kind of crank up the little bit of stuff that you do have. It makes a st- your stuff Okay. Hang on. Can you hear me now? We got you now. Okay. Um, Backbreaking. Yeah. It, yeah. So you you usually have lower model counts in Brawl Machine, naturally. And so that I have Manoth just kind of helps tip them over that that breaking point. So it just makes your stuff a little bit better. Uh, and then the added minus two fury to any warlock uh, is very huge for a single turn because then yeah. you can't push out as far. You're losing the fury that you're reaving, so then your beasts might be frenzying. And in a small format game like that, if you have a beast that frenzies and gets out of position, and then the Severius player is able to just take that piece on their next turn, uh, it could be a very, very big swing in their favor. Exactly. And that was one of the things, I mean, Borka 2 is a Fury 5, and I'm not running a, a, a Rune Bearer um, yeah. to extend the control range in that list. Yeah. Um, and well, yeah, the, so went to Fury three. <laughs> yeah, Just, and the, wow. also the other the other major thing too is if if uh. you feeded to protect your stuff, and you got yourself into an aggressive position, and he feats on you, he counterfeats and reduces your control area and the effectiveness yep. of your feet. He can easily shave off your front line that you put forward to kind of soak the hit and then freeze their yep. stuff and then counter punch. And if he just walks forward, feats, and shrinks that area, he can very easily take pieces and trade very favorably. Mm. Exactly. No. It feels like a really strong caster. Yeah. Is, and, is Severius the one not on the epic list? No. Uh, oh, no, and I, I mean, so. yeah, because I think it's good, and, but it's not like. It's not so. It's, it's not so busting in every match. Like it has its yeah. cases. And I, if I could have played around it's, it, I could have played around it differently and mm, been yeah. a lot more successful. Had I kept, I didn't have to put my beast that wide, right? Yeah. But and but he, I did. Yeah. He himself is also very fragile. I think he's like yes. a fourteen. 14 oh, okay. or 14 15 with like 15 boxes or something like that so if you can get to him but, you can put him in the dirt yeah that's it's very common with um protectorate warcasters is a lot of the very uh a lot of their stuff is very fragile when you look at the warcaster well, isn't he an old man mm-hmm. yeah yeah he's 14 14 yeah, yeah but so. he's also he's also an i mean focus. if he breaks a hip he's gone yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> I mean. and he's an eight focus caster so 
it's a very large control area and he can yep. he can hurt you from very far away yeah wow. yep and i yeah i was kind of trying to get to him for that reason but he hid pretty good because if i could have just landed borka on him i probably could have mat eight knock him down with a boost and then just pummel him into the ground at dice plus one right yeah but needless to say i lost that game um my opponent played very well and just outclassed me hard on that one. <laughs> yeah, let me uh, um, let me look up his spell list real quick because I don't remember it, and I know his spell list is pretty strong too. Oh, I got ashes. Uh, oh, to ashes. Yeah, he has he has sacred ward, so he can't be targeted by enemy spells. Yep, but he has ashes to ashes, which helps clear infantry. He has death sentence for uh, he can put onto a unit so that friendly units get to reroll missed attacks against it. Defender's Ward, Immolation, Influence, and Vision. And then his feet is just very, very strong against... Um, yep. Especially against Hordes. Uh, that reduced control area is a very, very big deal. That yeah, reduced Fury. He had his Jack where, yeah, where he arcs through him. Um, was it Blessing of Vengeance? And he gets that... Yeah. On that first spell, he gets the yeah. plus two. He gets um, plus two damage. on top, yeah. And then he gets Eye of Manoth on top of it. Yeah, so, so he, chuck- he slings like a pout 15 immolation or something like uh-huh. that. And that's how he took out my bear unit, basically. Is I was yeah. stealthed, right? And he ran Blessed of Vengeance up and then arced through being close enough and just... I toughed on two of my guys. I mean, that's yeah. the only thing that saved him for a turn, but they're knocked down out of range now. It's just... Mm-hmm. It, it, was, it was hurting. So that was that game. Yeah. Um, my next games... Or game... Um, uh, went two games and it was Jarl into Maddox. Someone Jeremiah knows pretty well right now, but I love uh, Maddox. Yeah, we're best friends. So uh, I decided to try out Jarl's magic bullet fun with uh, with a bomber and an Earthborn um, stone unit with the stone scribe and some bears. And so uh, basically. What it allows me to do is chuck my bears as put quicken on them. Um, oh, then I run a Dunian Archon or Volca kind of switching between the two right now. But those bears with quicken, giving them plus two speed. So that puts them up to speed nine. Um, and if I really want to, the stone, pop them up to speed 10 or plus two on their melee attacks, depending on which way I want to go. Um, so they go very far under that. And a repo on the stone um, is kind of fun because it lets it get a little bit further and still activate the stone. But uh, I played, yeah, into Maddox, which was running Storm Division um, with a Stormclad, Firefly, Lancer, um, completely maxed out uh, Stormblades, um, little six-man unit, three gunners, and the UA, and then a Stormblade Captain. So I'm looking at this going, great, Maddox is going to throw... I approve of this list. <laughs> right? It, it's good. It is high armor, right? Because Maddox throws over Dauntless Resolve, giving plus three armor and tough to, to the Stormblades. And everything, all those warrior models have unyielding now, too. So now they're in arm 20 against melee. Yeah, because of the theme. Yep, because of the theme. So anyway, I'm looking at this going, oh, this is painful. And then if they go mini feet, which he did both games um, coming into me, they are effectively arm 21 at range and arm 23 in melee. I'm just like, I can't. How am I supposed to deal with that, right? And tough on top of that. No knockdown. 
no stationary yeah. because of the mini feet. That's a um, tough nut to crack. <laughs> yeah. So both those, I went into it just going, I need to, I need to try to push scenario um, was my only way. So basically both times I was able to use magic bullet effectively to kill the storm um, blade captain. Um, both games kind of played out very similarly. Um, the first one, I just got some good good throws on him. I was able to chuck a bomber throw onto the Stormblade Captain straight on, so that was actually a pretty easy kill. Um, and then <clears throat> we had a we had a slap fight between my bomber and his Stormclad. Basically, they went at each other, and it was like I do three damage, two damage, four damage. Oh, I missed an attack. Right, that was in a whole activation. He then charges up, and he's like, "Ha ha! Five damage, two damage, miss, three damage." I'm just like. <laughs> This is, this is a little insane. Um, granted, they're both like basically arm twenty twenty one, right? But or nineteen. Sorry, Stormclad's only went to a nineteen, but the bomber under stone was arm twenty. So, but still, these were just pretty weak rolls. Um, my Dunian Archon actually did almost the most damage. She got really mad that one of the bears died um, due to her righteous vengeance. Charged the Stormclad in the back, dealing like fourteen damage. Um, just ranked that charge roll. Nice. Um, either way, so that's kind of how that game really went back and forth. And so attrition was really slow because an Earthborn into the Stormblades, when they can't charge and they're hitting against an arm 20, um, not super great. Dice off five or so, um, except for his feet helped with that, uh, the plus three pow. And then... Uh, he was missing a lot because I put my clouds up. Jarl's feet is putting up clouds. And so okay. when an enemy's inside the cloud, they get minus two to attack. And when the Earthborn's near a nice terrain feature, he might be def 14, so going up to effectively 16. And immune to electrical, which the Stormblades assault in with their electrical um, guns. Right. So like oh, yeah. all the electrical mm-hmm. stuff just bounced right off of him, right? It was nothing. Um, he eventually was able to kind of whittle him, but by doing so, he focused so much on trying to get my pieces out that he left the zone, one of the circle zones, open and not contesting my flag. And since I killed his solo, his flag wasn't getting scored. So I was able to score two points on his turn and then score another couple points on my turn in order to take the win on scenario. Um, otherwise, it was going to go very bad because I just, then that Stormclad, I just couldn't crack that much. So game two kind of racked up in a lot of the same way. Um, I took out my Dunian and put Volka in. And then much the same way, Bomber goes up, chucks a Hail Mary into um, a Lancer. This time he got his captain into the rubble next to a flag, base to base with the Lancer. So now that captain is much stronger, right? Mm -hmm. I had a magic bullet bounce off, just trucked the dice roll right the absolute largest dice roll i think i did in both games almost um besides that dunian archon and kill him to the box so (laughs) that was top of one i mean yeah seven so it was like dice off five i rolled like a 10 on the two dice right um so killed him right off and then went proceed to kind of do the same thing he moved his stormclad too close to my bears though and so I was able to get the gang bonus and the plus two from the stone onto my bear. So they were like dice off one and then dice Ooh, off boy. two. Yeah. <laughs> Which just. Stormclad doesn't like that. 
Right. No, he did not at all. He's and he was like, Oh, I forgot about Quicken and this, you know, just like I said, when I go first, then those bears just can charge in. So the of course the first bear charges in double ones. Well, that was <laughs> so I miss my bigger attack, hits with the other two. The handler does a little bit of damage, and then the third bear takes all three attacks to finish him off. So I almost didn't finish him off, right? But Stormclad goes down. I got bears literally two inches from uh, Maddox, and so he has to deal with them now. He's just in, like, protect Maddox mode. Um, he ends up sending a Firefly to shoot Bor- uh, shoot um, Falca, which arcs killing my Stone Scribe Elder, or Stone Elder, sorry, um, and one of my Stone units, right? I was like, okay. Then another Stormblade guy charges up and kills, or doesn't kill, but he attacks my... Um, stone leader and i have to shrug off the assault and the melee hit onto my other stone so the only member of my stone unit now standing is the leader contesting a zone and giving the aura (laughs) still to just barely giving it to the earthborn which again is in the storm blades faces um and so he proceeds to only kill one bear and then um under feet kills the earthborn but again, forgets to contest the circle zone while doing so. Um, and so, I mean, it was kind of over a little bit then because I was able to clear off a lot of the pieces anyhow. Um, the movement was out on the Lancer by this point too. So again, uh, top of three, I'm able to take scenario again. Um, and we just kind of rolled out the the bear and the bear handler trying to get Maddox. And because of unyielding, she survives with three hit points, but again, loses on scenario. So, I mean, it was, it was a really fun game. It was interesting to see kind of what that list could do, how it would fight, and just how important unyielding really is. So, anyway, sorry. Yeah. That's the long-winded version of my two, uh, two fun games. Yeah. I think it's great. You've been getting a lot of online games in. Uh, yeah. Through Brawl I've been playing more online than I have in, like, the whole last year in person before all this so it's kind of cool looking forward to actually be able to see people though and and you know not to be pleasier rather than this but yeah and actually roll some real dice well you know a game doesn't require any dice magic no magic malifo uh-huh oh malifo yeah <laughs> yeah so i did something um crazy um I, something I probably shouldn't have done. Um, you know, I was, well, okay. So, you know, we, I was doing some casual pickup games of Brawl Machine online and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. Maybe I can do this with some of the other games that I play. And so so I signed up for a, an online Malifaux League. And, hmm. and, and Malifaux still uses Vassal, uh, which is not as clean as War Table. Hmm. And, um, but it's it's still actually pretty cool. There's a lot of things you can do with it that uh, that I I'm, I'm constantly impressed. Every time I play a new game, I'm learning something new. But so that was that wasn't the foolish part or the silly part. The silly part was um, that I would try a new master. So so wow. I'm learning. <laughs> so I'm learning how to use Vassal for the first time. I'm learning a new master for the first time. And I haven't played a game in a month uh, because of this whole COVID thing. 
And so, um, so anyway, I played uh, against a, a fellow what, who lives. What could go uh, wrong? On the east. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, let me tell you what can go wrong. Um, yeah, <laughs> no. I played a guy on the East Coast, and um, the the Malifaux community, I think, is a little bit smaller than the War Machine community, although I don't have any real significant basis for that. It just seems like it's maybe more closer-knit. Like, I know more national Malifaux players than I do War Machine players, I guess. Um, but um, but I played a guy on the East Coast, and um, and he played Jacob Lynch and was able... And I played Nelly. So I'm playing Guild, Jacob Lynch, which is uh, 10 Thunders. And uh, and if you're not familiar with Malifaux, um, but you're familiar with War Machine, uh, just about every person on your warband, uh, or in your crew, excuse me, is like your Warlock. Because they have a whole host of rules on the front of their card that are fancy and awesome. And then their, then their attacks and special abilities are on the back of the card. And they tr- do awesome things because because things can trigger based on a suit because you mm-hmm. flip a card and and if you're successful in the duel and you have the right suit then you get to um, get access to the trigger of whatever your weapon might do. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of strategy um, because you can cheat fate uh, by playing a card from your hand in lieu of the card that you flipped and things like that. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I'm. So I'm playing Nelly, and and Nelly is not a fighter. She's she's uh, she likes to play with plan scenario and drop scheme markers and push push people around and do weird things. In the story, she's like a, she's like a reporter, and so um, and so reporters I think is like her her keyword. And so all the people on her crew are all like reporters, you know, and and so she has an ability called get the scoop, which is pretty cool. And then, um, and Jacob Lynch is, um, and he, he, Jacob Lynch also likes to do weird, fun things with the board. Um, and, and I don't, the thing is, is, is all the things my opponent was doing, he was telling me like word for word what they were doing. And, and I was using the Malifo app and I could see his cards. I could read what they're doing, but like, I didn't understand what he was doing. It was, it was, I got walloped. I got walloped pretty good, <laughs> and then um, yeah. and then I played um, and I played another game against a guy named Wes, and he uh, and I chose to run Nelly again. I just I just committed myself. I was going to run the same master through this whole league because um, if nothing else, I'm going to learn how to use my master. Yeah, and um, and so he plays Seamus, which uh, which is uh, boy, I think he's a resurrectionist, and. And in the stories, um, Seamus is is a very compelling character. He's got, um, he's just he's just twisted and evil, and 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 you kind of like him. You kind of root for him a couple times in a couple of the stories. Um, so, um, but he's got this um, ability to pretty much teleport within like twelve inches of where he's at, and so he can truly just show up, shoot, and then disappear. And and his gun has um, has an incredible damage output, and so he can just show up, one shot, and disappear. It's it was brutal. Um, and so and I told you how yeah right. And I told you how Nelly isn't um, isn't a 
a killer. Like she's not a fighter, right? Um, but I didn't play her. I was so afraid of getting shot off the board. I didn't play her aggressive at all. And so she really was not even playing to the scenario. And and the thing is, is is what I didn't realize is is how durable Nelly actually is. She has several heal mechanics. And then and then I had purchased an upgrade called Leadline Coat, which gave her extra armor. And it's like, and it's like I, I really should have. And when we got done with the game, he told me that he goes, "You should have played more aggressive with her. I wouldn't have been able to one shot her like I was your minions and stuff like that." Um, mm. But he, this guy, he was ruthless. So in the game, I had one chance to score one point, and it was the last round. And and so I moved my guy. Drop the scheme marker, and 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 so he's like, "Oh, I see that." And so he just moves his guy to contest my scheme marker. <laughs> so I was like, "I was like, you're beating me already. It's embarrassing." And and so, but I mean, you know, who knows? So, um, no, no, uh, no charity there at all. But uh, it's fine. It's just how it is. And um, for me, for me, it's a casual. <laughs> what? Oh, I said he couldn't even give you a moral victory. Oh yeah, that, I know that's okay. But for me, it's it was it was about just getting some play. Here's here's what I realized now. Okay, so after participating in our little prom two brawl machine league, um, war machine, and then participating in this league with Malifo, uh, here's here's my final conclusion. I do not like playing miniatures games online. Yeah, and so it's it's not fun. So, like, I love people, and I love pushing models on the table, and I love seeing painted models, and I love rolling dice and flipping cards, and you know, shaking hands and drinking a root beer. Like, like I love the, I I, I really really miss real life interaction, and so there's a lot of people getting a lot of games in. Right now, online, and I'm I'm happy for them, and I'm very happy for them. But man, it's not for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> if I'm going to be sitting in front of my computer playing a game, I'd rather be probably playing some other video game. Like I, I yeah. play a minis game because I want to push models across the table and roll dice. Yeah. Yeah. But, but well, speaking of video games, you play any fun ones lately? Uh, I've still been playing Albion Online with some friends. I haven't been playing as much uh, Destiny 2. A lot of us are kind of waiting for the expansion to be coming out, which should be out in like, uh, I think, a month or so. Um, Other than that, not really. Just some Albion Online and playing Magic Arena occasionally. But uh, things have been a little bit crazy around here. One of my roommates uh, was moving out. She found a better living situation, which is good for her because she... Uh, has some other life expense uh, expenses coming up, um, so she was able to move somewhere else with another friend of ours, pay a little bit less, and then I had another friend that's a regular at the store uh, move into our apartment, um, and he like just he's still bringing his stuff in like from his other place. So, uh, but it's uh, it's my friend Phil who plays Monster Apocalypse. He's played a couple of. I think he's played 40k in the past, but he's less interested in that because he was a little peeved about 9th edition. But uh, so he might be able to start getting some 
Monpok in, maybe, or at least nice. some of the board games and stuff. So, yeah. So now there's three of us in the apartment that play Monpok. That's cool. That. So. And I know Phil. Phil's a cool guy. Yeah. Well, I think um, speaking of miniatures, I guess. Why don't we? Yeah. Why don't we talk <laughs> about miniatures? Why don't we? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we do our faction review? For, yeah, uh, what's our topic for the day? I don't remember. Yeah. Don't remember. So, uh, yeah, so for our listeners' sake, uh, what we decided to do is we decided that we were going to go through every faction in the game of War Machine Awards. And we were going to review each one of them, except we were going to do it in our own unique way. And basically, we're going to ask uh, three questions. We're going to ask and answer three questions. And that is, if you were to pick up this faction, which Warcaster or Warlock would you want to play first? And then the second question is, which theme force looks the most interesting to you? Uh, Then thirdly, uh, which model from the faction do you want to paint the most? And so today we're going to answer those three questions, and we're going to ask them about the faction minions. Who wants to go first? Um, sure. I'll go ahead and go first. Um, nice. If I was playing the faction, or if I was getting into minions, um, I'd probably start off playing a little bit of Lord Azazella, the Castellian. Um, he's got a really interesting toolkit. Um, so he's kind of the swashbuckling duelist a little bit of the minions world. He's a pirate. Um, he is one of the Riot Quest models that is also usable in War Machine and Hordes, and he is a warlock. Um, he's got a pretty solid stat line. He's a Fury 6 uh, Warlock. He's got a POW-10 uh, Weapon Master Sword, and he's got a Range 12 POW-12 Hand Cannon. Uh, he's got Pathfinder and Tough. His stats are uh, Speed 6, uh, Mat 8, Rat 7. He's a 16-15. Uh, and then he also has... Um, he has Repost, and then he has an ability that gives models in his command area Repost as well. Uh, oh, nice. And he also has a special ability called Henchman Pharaoh, where he gets to pick a friendly Pharaoh unit that started the game to be Henchman. Uh, that unit gains plus two defense and can reroll missed attack rolls. Uh, it can only reroll once as a result of this. So you get to pick kind of like a bodyguard squad uh, to be able to play with him. Uh, he also has range amplifier, so if he casts a spell that is originating from him, he gets plus five range. The spell list is pretty interesting. He has Distraction, Flashing Blade, Phantasm, Storm Rager, and Windrush. So he's got some good mobility uh, using Windrush to get around the table, and then he can put Storm Rager on himself and become very formidable because uh, it gives him plus two strength, plus two mat, and plus two armor, and then he can't be targeted by range, uh, combined range or melee attacks. So he turns oh, into a... He turns into a 1617. That's a Mat 12. I'm sorry, Mat 10 POW 12 Weapon Master. And then if he casts Windrush, he gets an additional plus two defense. So you're looking at an 1817 Warlock. Uh, you know, mm. potential transfers to be able to survive if he gets knocked over or something like that. Yeah. If you hit that uh, Def 18. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and his feet, um, well, in his control area. Friendly Faction Warrior models gain plus three strength and armor and duelist. So then he gets even more defense against melee on his feet turn. And then he hits even harder with Storm Rager in his feet. He gets up to a power 15 weapon master, which is nothing to shrug at. Yeah. 
and uh, yeah. so he looks pretty interesting. Don't, yeah, don't um, forget the extra armor on that feet too, plus three yeah. armor as well. So yeah, so then <laughs> yeah, so if he if he has storm rager on himself and then he feats, he's event he's essentially plus two mat plus five strength plus five armor. So then he's an armor twenty, and if he casts wind rush and has duelist. He's a defense 20 armor 20 warlock? Like, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a serious come at me, bro moment. Um, the theme force I would be interested in looking at playing would be World Work for Food, which is mostly kind of a. Uh, it's kind of a smattering of a theme yeah. force. There's a lot of different things that you can do with it. Uh, but you get access to Pharaoh Valkyries. I think using one of those as a bodyguard unit for henchmen would be really good, giving them plus two defense uh, and then repost so they can stay near him. Uh, they're also shield guards with vengeance. So then if they if you try and nice. shoot it as Zello, uh, you can play him very far forward and keep him safe. And then they take the shot with uh, uh, shield uh, shield guard, and then they have vengeance. So then they get to move, and maybe you know you activate him, and then you feet, and then they charge in and start hitting stuff at pow fifteen as well. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely would want to put Rongai and Snapjaw in there just again for that that survivability factor, and you can play him extremely aggressively. Um, the theme force gives war beasts uh, overtake, and then lesser warlocks in the army can upkeep their spells for free. Which, yeah, I don't know how many uh, of the lesser, lesser Warlocks really have that much in the way of upkeeps. Um, I know a couple of them do, but I don't remember which yeah. ones. Brun and Lug, I believe. And yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would also be interested to see the final words and everything like that on the new Vengeance of Dunia theme when that comes out, which will be something else exciting for minions because it's the troll bloods and minions theme but that's a cut that's a couple months away but uh i would look at i'd try putting lord azazello on the table because i like playing those warlocks that like to live dangerously in the middle of the table and playing in the will work for food where you can do some interesting stuffs and lifts building just seems like it'd be right up my alley i like that yeah Um, i was looking at his mom Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, online, he looks pretty fresh too. Yeah, he's a very cool looking model. It's actually he's actually only like two pieces, too, so he's super easy to put together. Uh, the model I got was very clean, mm-hmm. very few mold lines, are very easy to clean up. Nice. Um, but I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to uh, getting him painted and playing him in Riot Quest, and maybe slowly working on getting some minion stuff because I have Circle. I have a bunch of minions units, but I don't really have any war beasts, so I might slowly start collecting some war beasts and maybe toss minions on the table every now and then. There you go. Well, especially if you have trolls and you get VOD going on, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> someone can play trolls and not even have to play trolls, I'm just saying. Um, trolls light. So I'll I'll tag on because uh, one I I my final pick I was going back and forth between some but my final pick was also uh, Lord A here, um, the yeah so he he's kind of cool um Chad pretty much yeah covered everything great there on him um, I will add that his it's a wide bore pistol is technically his hand cannon yeah but it also it also <laughs> ha- I know they they fun on words but it also it's has so- Exactly. Oh, go, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say it also has beacon on it, 
Um, so that oh, gives that plus that. two for that charge. I know he has so many rules. So now, again, if he hits with that now, like you said, he goes first, he feats. Now your Valkyries, now whoever else is even charging even further onto that target, right? Um, so they they can have some fun with that for sure. Um, again, everything else on there. Now, I will say, though, that I was a little torn because when I started Minions, um, Lord Barnabas was an easy, more straightforward one to play. Like, if, you, if you're already pretty familiar with War Machine hordes, then this guy could be a lot of fun. But I think if you're just kind of starting out, Lord Barnabas, Maylock are some of your kind of easier casters to kind yeah, of learn and Carver. feel out. Um, Carver, yeah. So those type of guys might be a little easier. Like I ran Maylock with the Gators, right? Like that was my first major, you know, kind of list. Um, and back in the day, I mean, it was really good. It still is pretty good, right? Eight box Gators and and all. So that was pretty good. But I went with uh, the Castilian here um, as well. So, what about you, Jeremiah? Oh, I'm pretty boring. Uh, I decided that, that if I were to start minions, I think the one that I would go with is is Jaga Jaga. Uh, mostly, probably because of um, my old Kador days. Um, I, I really like the spell. Signs importance, <laughs> and so being able it's to pretty good. add a it's die. A good drug. <laughs> yeah, it's such. It is a drug. Uh, it's just you get addicted to it. You just always want to add an extra. I I roll an extra dice here, don't I? Yeah, and you know, and then you know, you, you, of course, you have to drop the lowest, but but it just it it increases your ability to hit on attack, and and it just increases your ability to do more damage rolls and things like that. Um, um, you know, uh, Jaga Jaga also has some battle group stuff that helps. So, like, um, uh, the spell Battle Host War Beast in the spellcaster's battle group, beginning their activation control range, gain plus two movement when advancing as part of their movement. And then, and, um, and so, you know, and I, I like movement shenanigans and just being able to increase speed. Um, one of the things that, uh, that, uh, that I don't understand. Like I've never seen used very advantageously is the rule amphibious. Um, but I remember when I first, you know, downloaded like War Room and got all the cards and stuff. I would do weird searches and just to see all the figures that had like a or all the models that had a certain rule or whatever. And so I'd you know make a a full amphibious list, you know, which doesn't really help you because there's not a lot of water on the table. But um, yeah. I don't know. For me, for me, Jaga Jaga just looks like a lot of fun, um, and uh, you know that's all. That I, that I'm just I'm totally in it for the fun factor. So yeah, amphibious yeah. amphibious is one of those rules that gets glossed over a lot. Um, does amphi- do models with amphibious still get concealment inside water? Yes. They okay. concealment and do not block line of sight. That's one of those like weird little corner case rules that almost never comes up unless you're specifically like if you're playing Barnabas one and he puts the swamp pit down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it gives models with amphibious like super stealth or something like that. And then um it's one of those weird rules that like doesn't really come into play ever, but is like kind of subtly strong. And I think if people put more water on the table, it might be more relevant. But 
just kind of one of those things. That well, I have a solution them. for that. I have a nice solution for that. You know how um, War Machine uses 2D terrain, and and we a lot of us have those like mouse pad yeah. type terrain hanging around. Mm-hmm. So I found a long time ago. I had found a, a terrain company that did uh, uh, mouse pad water terrain. Yeah, and and but this but it was designed to to basically create a river and have like a small lake or reservoir and it could and it could almost fill like a six by four like you can make it just snake it around the whole map and so um so part of me wants to like take them take a map and just make it or maybe do it for like a campaign thing or something and and just say here's yeah and then and then things like amphibious would matter more you know yeah um and and all and pathfinder and, and you know and things it's like that too for those poor beasts and stuff they can't get yeah. across the water. But I feel um, like I feel like it's also one of those terrain features that gets put to the side. Like this is kind of a tangent, but I feel like it's one of those terrain features that gets kind of like put out to the side, mostly to be like rough terrain. But because it so very few models actually take full advantage of it, like amphibious models, it gets pushed to the edges, and people want like those forests and the clouds and the structures in the middle of the table the where a lot blocking. of the action is going to be happening yeah. because it's line of sight blocking. And I think that's probably one of the minor weaknesses with like War Machine competitively, the terrain features and things like that. I, I feel like there's maybe there's a little room for like um, making the terrain a little more interesting, especially as I like. I don't know. I don't. I don't play that many games anymore. But um, watching people play 40k and they take all this time to set up this battlefield full of buildings, and then they essentially just ignore all the buildings anyway. I'm like, what is the point of this? Like, um, I like looks cool. I like battlefields that feel tight cornered. Like there are blind spots, and a lot of that also comes yes. from me playing Circle. Is like circle because they ignore pathfinder or they have pathfinder and they ignore rough terrain so much um i i and they're very position intensive for being in striking distance but being in safety positioning is very big for circle and so i like boards that allow for that type of gameplay because it is really cool um i think i think it's interesting um I don't look I don't like looking at an open field with a bunch of open space. It it's not interesting to me. You should I play like, some Infinity or Warcaster. That is plenty yeah. of terrain for you. Yeah, I mean Warcaster, like I'm looking forward to I mean, all my stuff is painted, assembled, and based. Um I'm waiting on, you know, other models from the uh from the Kickstarter, uh, and waiting for a chance to like play a demo before I start buying a bunch more models because I haven't played mm-hmm. a game yet. So um, I'm looking forward to that of like terrain being a little bit more of a factor or some other other games where terrain is a little more of a factor. But um, tangent aside. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I guess bringing, back Jaga, bringing it back, talking can... about models yeah. and cool situations. Um, yeah. The model that I would love to paint... Or wait, Jer... No, yeah, sorry. You talked about... Um, Playing yeah, we all, That's right. yeah, we all answered the first question. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to painting uh, 
Wastelander, the Wastelander, who is another Riot Quest model. Um, I have him primed and sitting on my painting table. Um, I haven't taken the time to do him because I've been working on other stuff, but he's a very cool model. Uh, watched, I watched uh, Samurai Jack. Edit cut. Can you can you hear me? Okay, there we go. There we got you now. Um, so Wastelander is a is a super cool like samurai looking model. Well, he is a samurai. Um, but like I watched Samurai Jack when it was out uh, years ago. It was really cool. Um, series uh, anime series, and this kind of reminds me of that. And I look forward to. I I already have I think the color scheme that I want to do for. Uh, Wastelander, but I'm also looking forward to. I'm going to try and do some freehand little, uh, like Japanese art style clouds on his pants. Um, I'm going to try it. We see how it turns out. I'm going to need a very fine point, uh, stiff brush to be able to get the lines correct. Yeah. But um, I look forward to doing that. That's the one that I'm looking forward to painting. Uh, Minions have a lot of weird and cool and interesting models, but uh, Wastelander has caught my attention ever since I first saw his 3D model. Yeah, that's a good pick. That's that's true. He does look good. And he plays good, too. <laughs> what about you, Dan? What would you want to paint? Well, I'm going to rewind it for a second on theme list. Um, oh. So, uh, I went with uh, Lord Azello and uh, Will Work for Food um, as well. But I took a little different spin on it because I was like, all right, can you create a halfway decent list that uses a bunch of Riot Quest models? Because most of them minions works, <laughs> right? So mm-hmm. I went I went down and it's actually not, I think, half bad. Um, with Lord A and then a Roadhog and a Warhog just fills them straight up, right? They're both some good beasts. And then you put uh, James and then Leadfoot and Treads, Wastelander, Wolf with No Name, Weird Windle, Flubbin. Slugwud the Filcher, Gubbin, Boom Howler, a solo artist, Scythe, um, and there's like all of your pretty much your Riot Quest. So you're already mostly in your list. And if you're going to play War Machine, you know, I'm thinking if, if, you're, if you're enjoying Riot Quest and you want to go into War Machine, then you definitely got to pick up a Hermit and avoid Archon, at least one. <laughs> um, you can probably find a Totem Hunter pretty cheap through him and as a rec point, a Swamp Gobber Chef. Because da da da, Melvin and Mayhem comes into play now. Oh, because um, a gobber. Cause, yep, because yeah. you get your gobber. So for your one point cheap gobber chef, you now bring in Melvin and Mayhem, and then a unit of Pharaoh Valkyries. So yes, you only have one unit in here, but you're not really playing to that. You're playing to the strength that you have a bunch of warrior models all going to get um, these buffs from the caster, right? You know, they're all going to get that feat of plus three strength arm duelist if they're in range, right? And now your Void Archons and so forth, your Wastelander, all these guys have gotten much meaner. Um, You got three different preys between Wolf with No Name, Totem Hunter, and James. So you can pick some targets, have them double up on a target. I think you can just kind of wear it down pretty effectively. You got a bunch of range, a bunch of melee. I mean... Granted, it's a it's a hodgepodge of units, but you know, again, they're all the fun Riot Quest guys, and that's what minions kind of are, right? Just all uh, these people thrown together. 
that sounds like my kind of list to play too. <laughs> right? I mean, I think it could be a lot of fun. You have a lot of activations independent of each other. You got your three big kind of two beasts and a jack that just can go crazy. Yeah. Um, Eminem with his, you know, hit the button and you just go in it. You got two different debuffs between the Hermit and the Void Archon. I mean, you have a lot yeah. of really good Storm Rager targets in that list too. Exactly. You it's might like even you throw, cycle it. I mean, you start you start Storm Ranger off out on the Totem Hunter. I th- I'm pretty sure he has advanced deploy with yep. AD yeah, no. speed seven and jump. He just gets into weird places and causes some havoc. And then he'll you know plus two armor from the Storm Ranger. I think he's like a fifteen sixteen naturally, or maybe a fourteen seventeen. Uh, f- 1415 is what he is, but then he has okay. a shield, a buckler for 1416 essentially. Yeah, but... so then you get him up to a 1418. I think he's an eight box model. Um, yep. Difficult to remove. And then Delve, Pathfinder, ignores Forest. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and if he and if he dies, then you just you just put it on something else and you fire him off into the army and yeah. avoid Archon with that with Storm Rager is appealing. Oh yeah. You know? <laughs> it's just, I mean, yeah. Lot again, like you said, lots of good targets in there. So that's kind of that's kind of mine. Um, and I'll loop it in there since I've again I've painted so many minions. Like I enjoyed my Dracodiles. Um, yes, Dracodiles. Um, and so I think I'm gonna have to go right now with like Melvin and Mayhem, just because of the hodgepodge patchwork options you have to put on them. You don't have to make them. You know, you can really go with and sell the rough beat up. Like this panel is like bright yellow. This one's like green from this guy. This one's, you know, an orange or a blue panel or a red panel, you know, wherever they came from. And he just slapped them all together. Very patchwork. So nice. Nice. Yeah, that's a colorful list. If you paint all the figures, like yeah. if you really <laughs> lean into than being you know right i could just see just this mob of color coming after me <laughs> yeah cool very cool i didn't do a theme forest um because uh um because i don't really want to play minions i would just play disciples of agony oracles of annihilation <laughs> you mean better better minions <laughs> yeah yeah those are I love those themes, and I love that you know both of my hordes factions that I like to play have a theme that allow me to bring in other options. And so, um, like I can run a sacral vault and oracles, and I can run minion beast and disciples of agony. I like that; that feels good. So, um, the model that I would want to paint the most is probably the sacral vault, and thankfully I have one that's unpainted that's waiting for me to paint so <laughs> you say that now wait till, you're, wait till you're eight hours into painting all the different foliage on that thing oh yeah <laughs> i know say a different I, know. I have i have one that's painted i commissioned um actually uh someone that's not part of the community anymore um who's also my tattoo artist uh greg duffy he painted my wormwood my uh he painted my wormwood and he painted my sacral vault for me as well he nice. did a fantastic job on both of the models and I would not want to paint those myself. <laughs> I painted, <laughs> I've painted a, um, oh, I'm totally the well of Orbros. And that thing has got a bunch of foliage on it too. Probably as much like little fiddly things to paint on there as there is on the Sacral vault. And I, 
I'm not jealous. Yeah. <laughs> not jealous of that. <laughs> I guess I guess the thing is though is that the sacral vault is pretty uh pretty much shaped like a cylinder. There aren't a lot of like deep recesses. There aren't a lot of limbs or capes or things no. to get in the way of the paintbrush. But there are so, like, a lot of scribed runes on those stones. Sure, buddy. sure, sure. <laughs> but I can get to them all. Like yeah. that's the thing. Like, yep. like I'm not afraid to paint it. Where, where like I'm, I'm kind of afraid to paint my mammoth, for example, just because it's yeah. goofy. You, you know, what you I mean? sneeze and so. paint just is all over some new place. You're like, oh yeah, yeah. So, well, speaking of painting, uh, what's what's on your guys' hobby desk? What are you building? What are you painting? Oh, I'm priming as much as I can right now. The weather kind of turned decent, and rains are coming, so I'm just. I'm assembling whatever I can get my hands on and priming. Um, nice. Mainly, I'm trying to put together that uh, the kind of the PP slash brawl machine challenge of 31 points in October. Nice. Um, so I'm trying to, which is going to do Lord Azazello on there as well. So that primal Adunian Archon. Um, then I gotta do paint my Void Archon and put together and prime up a Warhog. So nice. Nice about you, Chad. Uh, I recently finished the unit of uh, Primaris Assault Intercessors um, for the store and actually took them to the store and put them onto my very nice display table that I put up. Um, nice. Those, those were actually a lot of. Thank you. Um, those were actually a lot of fun to paint. I hadn't, I haven't painted a whole ton of like regular Space Marines and stuff. The last couple have been very static boring poses but the uh, dynamic posing um and it feels like there's a little bit of extra kind of like filigree or more interesting things to be able to paint on the assault intercessors uh, they were just they were a lot of fun i'm um the, and those are from the indominus box um right now i'm working on the three eradicators from the indominus box which are heavy weapons guys uh but i'm also looking forward to painting um the other unit of assault intercessors that I have that I did part swaps to make them uh, space wolves. So I'm looking forward to painting those up um, here in a little bit at some point. Yeah, my, my hobby desk is uh, just sporadic. And I realize um, like, like I, I just have a problem. <laughs> I, just, I just have too many problems. Like I like, I like too many things, you know? And, yeah. you know, so I uh, sort of doing... Painting up one of my Legion War Beasts and putting some paint on the space apes with las guns. I did some terrain for Wild West Exodus. I've got various repairs and touch ups that I've been doing. I've been I've been gluing a lot of broken pieces together. Uh, I've got uh, some cricks that I'm looking at right now because of strange bedfellows and I don't know, you know. And and then of course I'm trying to find all of my my mushroom models. What's, what's the other word? Myconid? Is that the word for for mushroom? Got me. <laughs> yeah, I think it's myconid. So so basically, I'm looking at doing a, a Sylvan Elves army for uh, the Ninth Age, and and I'm and I want it to be like super fey, and so um, so it's going to be like tree ants and elves and mushrooms. And, dryads and, and and things like that and it's just and and i want it to be super colorful and um so 
and the thing is, is I've got stuff for it and, and I'm just basically repurposing it because yeah. initially I was going to use them for like Frostgrave or something, but I have a different plan for Frostgrave now. And so now I've got these models that are just sitting there doing nothing. And I'm like, you know what, if I put them on a square base, they can be, I can use them for T9A, which is a models agnostic rule set. So um, that and one of the guys who I play games with most of the time, uh, and probably the only guy I've played in person with really, um, with any kind of regularity during this COVID time, um, his main game is T9A, and so the Ninth Age. And so I figured I, I better, uh, I better have an army so I can go against him. So. Um, and it's something I can do because I've got it. So I don't, I don't, I don't have to put any money out. That's the thing. I'm in a position where I can't put any money out right now. I got an insane plumbing bill from when my house blew up. <laughs> yeah. Oof. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so I gotta, I gotta repurpose things that I already have. So, Hey, um, this was kind of a fun episode. It's kind of fun to get back into the swing of things. Um, we mentioned last week how, or, or in our last episode, rather, how we've been sort of irregular with our with our uh, recordings and and how we want to uh, start making them more regular because we kind of miss each other. Uh, we're still still not recording in person. We're still recording uh, 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 online or whatever, and so we have some technical difficulties every episode. And so, yeah. listeners, thank you for <laughs> bearing with us. Um, I want to give one brief update and then and then i want to make two invitations and so the brief update is this in our last episode we talked with um, we talked about mind taker miniatures and i talked about um, how some of us have ordered through them and 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 how good their customer service was and um, i ordered something else after that episode and and i noticed that there's a pattern like every time I order something from them, uh, they send a package of, of M&Ms, like one of the little fun size with them. And I was like, oh, oh, candy. Why are they sending candy? And it <laughs> occurred to me, Mind Taker Miniatures, M and M. Yeah. And I was like, oh, there's something here. So anyway, um, but we are, and this is, this is the first invitation that I want. Uh, that I want you listeners to to think about. Uh, where uh, this is our birthday month, and we've been doing spell store miniatures for uh, two years. Holy cow! And and it's, and yeah, I know, right? And it's been a labor of love. It's been it's been fun to hold each other accountable, to poke fun at each other for games that we've played. Um, it's been fun to interact with the community and talk about the games that we love to play. Um, but we're gonna be having a uh, our next episode is going to be our birthday episode, and so I want to encourage you to listen to it, and um, and and I want you to um, uh, to tell your friends about my spellstorm miniatures. Be like, hey, these guys are goofy and they're fun to listen to, and um, and we, we can listen to them while you paint. But um, um, but I also uh, want to and just encourage you to participate in some of the things we get to participate in, you know, and so supporting. Companies like my Miniatures miniatures and things like that. That's awesome. Um, we have we have some guests that are going to be lining up for the new year. Uh, we have a husband and wife duo who are um, 
who are commission painters and 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 they have fun things to talk about and so we're gonna um, have them on and 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 just just to talk about our hobby and 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 how awesome it is um and uh, so anyway so come come find us in two weeks but here's the deal the second thing i want to invite you to i want to invite you to join our discord and the link is going to be in the show notes and the reason is is because every thursday evening pacific standard time uh we're hosting a paint party and so we have uh we just all log in on discord and we just have it rolling while we're painting and people are showing their their, their progress on the video and things like that uh shout out particularly to curtis uh this was uh this was an idea that, that was germinating between him and i and and curtis um has really embraced the hobby side of things and is a, uh, turning out to be a pretty prolific painter. Has some really cool stuff that he's doing. But what he does for the paint party is he actually he actually sets up a camera over his work desk, and so uh, like like it's on a, like a stand and everything, and so like it's like it's professional or something. And <laughs> you know, but but here's the deal: I've participated in two paint parties already, and I've got more paint done in those two parties than I do when I do it by myself and, and not only that, but I get to listen to some fun chatter and I get to learn something. Uh, inevitably I've learned something every, every session. And so join the discord, find the link in the show notes and come to the paint party on Thursday evening, 8 PM Pacific standard time. And uh, we'd love to have you there. But with that being said, and, uh, and with the future happy birthday to spell store managers coming up, I just want to say thank you for listening to our show and uh, thanks for uh, letting us know that you're out there. Um, I love the, the conversation that takes place in the discord server and things like that. Um, the best way you can support what we're doing here is by telling your friends about us, liking us on Facebook and leaving us positive reviews on whatever app or whatever server you do to listen to, uh, to podcasts. Um, with that being said, go out and hobby and have fun. Thanks. Ding ding.